When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go, Otsuko. And I'm in quarantine. At, at home. home. Welcome to Let's Go, Otsuko. With me, your host, Atsuko. 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 Have you ever gotten Oscar? It's kind of like Costco. <laughs> How about I call you Ardvark? <laughs> These are actual things people have said to me, and that's fine. I don't want to sound like a broken record. My name is difficult. But when you enter a different group, a different crew, and you're in a different place, you're like, I'm going to do what it takes for them to think I am one of them. Sometimes you don't stop to ask about the rules. You really don't because you're like, this is how school works. What they teach is what is truth. What you do at the beginning of school is just a routine norm. I don't know if this is how every school worked because I wasn't at other schools because I was just at the one I was. <laughs> That's how being physically somewhere works. At least back in the day where you couldn't go online to see how other elementary schools were doing assemblies and other regimen activities. Of course, I'm talking about the Pledge of Allegiance. For us, we would start off the entire school day by gathering outside on the field. All the grades, all the teachers, all the faculty, all the staff, the principal. We would gather around together and there was a flag. And I feel like there was always a designated student who would lead us into the Pledge of Allegiance. I was never chosen, and I can't recall if it was always the same kid. A lot of pressure for that kid, I feel like. You know, everyone's like, oh, that's the patriotic guy. Ooh, he's only in the fifth grade, but that's the guy that loves America. You know, how lame. It's like, we're into baseball and softball and tetherball, all the balls, and here he is, a weirdo at 11, knowing the Pledge of Allegiance by heart, making us do it, and loving leading it. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe he's like a congressperson now. And you might be like, Otsuko, that's so mean. He didn't know. He was probably doing it for free lunch or something. Which, if he got free lunch out of it, man, honestly, if you baited me with free lunch every single day, I will learn the shit out of an anthem, okay? I will learn the shit out of a allegiance. I would just spew it off. You tell me when, and I'll be like, I pledge of allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, for which it stands, under God, under nation, all the unders, for which it stands, one nation. God damn it, I don't actually remember it, which I think I'm a little stoked about. <laughs> Look, if I can't remember the Pledge of Allegiance, which I used to say all the time in elementary school, does that mean I wasn't brainwashed? Or does it mean I just don't remember the words because it's been so long? I don't know, but it still kind of blows my mind we started every day saying that. 
And then, like, we didn't fully understand what it meant. I mean, maybe that kid who led it did because he probably had to get doctrinated or something before <laughs> being the leader of the Pledge of Allegiance. But it's like the only setting I can think of where I had to say it, you know, besides, like, do you say it at baseball games and stuff? It's just a national anthem that you stand for and put your hand over your heart or whatever. All of these behaviors are so culty, but we partake because we're like, we don't want to bite the hand that feeds us. You know, I've actually never really liked that saying, don't bite the hand that feeds you, because that's always like a hostage situation. Whenever I've heard it, it's because someone has power over you and they always go, hey, don't bite the hand that feeds you. I'm the one that takes care of you. I'm the one you need in your life. I'm in charge. And it's like, well, maybe I don't want your shitty food. If it's under these circumstances, if this contract isn't two ways, then I'll make my own food. I'll make my own friends. I'll make my own communities. I'll make my own show. I don't need you. Well, maybe I do. Just to help me get my foot in the door and uh, maybe put in a good word. And then I don't need you. We'll be talking about fitting in and more with my guest, Wyatt Sinek, whom you might have seen on his own show on HBO called Problem Areas. But ding, ding, ding. First, if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out during the pandemic when it's just a two-people operation between me and my husband, Ryan Harper Gray. That's right. It's just the two of us running this podcast right now. So even a rating really helps us out. Or you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash letsgoatsuko if you feel like being part of the family. One of the big perks you get from Patreon is that you get to watch the episodes via video on there. All right, without further ado, here's the episode! Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to be here today with my guest, Wyatt Sinek! Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Wow. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I love your office, your space. Thank you. I've seen... Thank you very much. I like yours. It's... it's... I feel like it's very colorful. It's how I've always wanted to live, you know, just with, just as a furry, you know, just... Sure monsters back to things i liked when i was a child you know yeah whereas mine is kind of a dark void <laughs> here's my backstory of this monster you know that's just a monster that like a prototype of a creature i used to be scared of when i was a kid and that's really? it. really what uh what prompted you to build your fear <laughs> well so Actually, so this is one monster from actually the Let's Go Let's Go, the Quibi set. Oh. I think it says a lot about a person, what they fear. And, you know, and that's what I do with the game show, right? So you were part of the game show uh, at the Chelsea Music Hall when we came out to yes. New York. And by the way, Wyatt, I don't know if you remembered, but in the live show... You got kicked off the second round only to win the entire game show. <laughs> do yeah. you remember that? I do. Yeah. It was a very strange <laughs> it was a very strange thing 
but also felt like a real heartwarming story that I hope one day someone makes a movie about that even after you've been handed defeat, you can still <laughs> claim victory. It's an yeah. underdog story. It is a true underdog story that, I mean, I was shocked, you know. It was the most power and the least power I've ever held in my life to be hosting this game show where, you know, I thought, you know, I always have to kick someone off on the second round. And I never like it, you know, to be frank, it's my least favorite part of the show. Okay. To be Roosevelt, Frank, Lynn. To be Roosevelt, Roosevelt. I don't think my, I'm, English is not my first language. There are just some words that I cannot get out of my mouth. And Roosevelt is one. I'll be honest, English is my first language and there are words I can't get out either. So Roosevelt <sighs> is a weird one because I think it's like with the double O, yeah your brain is like oh double o like swoon or like mm -hmm. tune or something like that and so your brain is like oh i know like cartoon or swoon news <laughs> and maybe at some point that's how people said the name but we've kind of turned it into roosevelt that's right. I keep trying to say Roosevelt and then I get insecure and I'm like, no, there's two doubles. I mean, there's double O's, you know, seven. Yeah. <laughs> if I could say double O instead of actually say the two O's, if I could say R double O Zavelle, I probably would have an easier time, actually. <clears throat> that, I, I feel like there's probably someone somewhere named Roosevelt who was like, I would love it if somebody called me R double O Zavelle. <laughs> And this is you being nice because I got insecure about how I couldn't say. It. But to be Rose, to be R double O Zavel Franklin. Okay, Wyatt. Okay, I do not like kicking anyone off. And I when I had to with you, and uh, you know, and then I had the judges come on the last round, and then they were like Wyatt Sinek. I near jumped out of my seat because I was ex because I do love a you know, a slumdog millionaire. I do love an underdog story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You look no. shocked too, Wyatt, to I, be honest. I, I uh, yeah, I was not expecting it. I feel like I, my money had been on Larry to win. <laughs> sure, it was a singing challenge, you know, and yeah. He, he loves singing. That's his thing. It was musicals too, you know. And there you were. I remember. I to this day, I remember you kind of leaning back on your chair when they were about to announce the winner, because you were just like, "I'm chill," you know. I've I've done I've done my thing. And then when they said Wyatt Cenac, <laughs> I just remember you going, "Huh." That was literally yeah. what you did. Yeah, that's and, about. Uh, that is shock and surprise for me. As you can see right now, I'm leaning back, and <laughs> if there were an earthquake, I would just go, uh. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, uh, but that would be, like, it's it's great that it, it's, it's subtle, you know, your um, expressions, you know, the way you express. Um, not to project that onto you, but, you know, that was very subtle for earthquake, you know, as an Angelino, where that's 
everyone's fear is just like the big one, the big earthquake that's coming, you know, for that to be your, um, how you would react to an earthquake. It's, it's so chill. You know what I'm saying? You're Oh, just like that. But I think some of that might be, I've been in a few earthquakes. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I think I just kind of got like, uh, I feel like I got to a place of, Oh, okay. Earthquake. Like <laughs> just, I, cause I lived in Los Angeles for a little while and right. I remember the first earthquake that I experienced when I was there and it was like the middle of the night. And I remember seeing the lamp swaying and the blinds were swaying and stuff and being really thrown by it. And then they would just kind of happen. And at some point you're in target and the ground kind of trembles underneath you and you're like, all right, well, uh, I still, I'm still here to get toilet paper. So right. let's do this. Right. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. That's what I strive to be a little more. I fall under the peer pressures of how you're supposed to freak out <laughs> because my neighbors, you know, my neighbors are always trying to set the standard, you know, sure. on yeah. the online forums. If you're not screaming, then you're too chill. <laughs> yeah. There's a, <laughs> there is a Don't. brown man walking down the street. If you are not screaming, you know. And I don't That's... fall for that. I don't fall for that. But because they're constantly like, ah, every, oh, why aren't you freaking out? I yeah. feel like you I have weird neighbors though. If they're if they're going on, are they going on a like a community message board, uh, being terrified of brown men? Yeah, yeah. It's called next door. Next door is. Uh, I mean, I think it's kind of just all over the country. You can sign up. But it's the place people go to, you know, uh, the, the analyst people go to, to just be like, to not feel crazy because they want other yes. people to, to be on their side. And there's always people who are on their side, you know, and right. I, I signed on because I was curious. I wanted to know what kind of people I was living near. Yeah. It's the perfect way to find out that, um, your neighbors are definitely racist and jumpy and jumpy <laughs> oh, that's, yeah now i'm terrified at the idea of signing up for something like that i don't want to know i yeah. don't know what my neighbors are like it doesn't make me feel good being on it like i only really go on if i truly need to figure out why the hel a helicopter has been on top of our like place for two hours you know then i'll look there you know what i'm saying right um but yeah. then you know you scroll down a little too much and it's just like brown guy don't think he's a postmates <laughs> mm. what's he doing it's midnight you know and i'm like god damn it fucking carol again fuck yeah. and i'm just trying to stay chill and so th i think it's all of that too that's why if yeah. an earthquake came it's just knowing that that's who i would have to like run out of the house and meet you know what I'm right. saying? That's why it wouldn't just be, huh, that, like how you would react. It would For me, it would be right. like, ah, I'd be like, oh, my God. And now I have to, like, maybe start a tribe with Carol and fucking Ben and fucking Brian, who I'm pretty sure 
runs a landmark meeting every fucking week. Oh, no. Pre-pandemic. Anyway, all this is to say that we were talking about how you won and how you had a great underdog story on Let's Go Out, Go, the live show in New York. And, um, you know, and, and a big part of the show is, you know, before the show, we ask everyone what their loves, fears, and desires are, right? And uh, and that's why I incorporate it into this set, too. God, that was long-winded. But that's why <laughs> loves, fears, and desires, I think it's, it says a lot about a person. So I like to ask that. Um, do you remember what your fear was back in November when we did the show? Um, I believe... It was being trapped in an elevator <laughs> with a really aggro white guy who wants to talk about Joker. Yes, that was your fear in November. Is How does that apply today? Is it still your fear? Um, I mean, it's- I think that archetype, I would say, still exists. I don't know if people are still talking about joker or now if they've just really replaced it with release the snyder cut uh, <laughs> but uh yeah i just i think it's i think there's just a certain type of aggro aggro guy who maybe doesn't realize just how both just how aggro he is and mm-hmm. also <clears throat> uh, how much a part of the problem he is too. Right. Uh, and is also the one who's maybe the quickest to when called out on it, kind of like flip sides almost immediately. Uh-huh. At the minute somebody's like, Hey man, that was uh, that was a little that was that was a little insensitive. Like, it might have been bordering on racist. And he's the type of guy that's like, "Fuck you, that wasn't racist." But if you want to see racist, I'll show you racist. And <laughs> then just sort of starts pulling out like a Trump hat, and it's like, where did you even have that? <laughs> I was prepping. I'm a doomsday prepper, but it's a different type of doomsday. You're saying this guy is the type that would double down, double old down on yes, on like what he actually wants you to know is more about him. <laughs> yeah. Right? To be like, hey, what did you think of the Joker? To like, MAGA 2024. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think it's a, it's, a, it's a very slippery slope to go down that. Uh, and so, yeah. So I feel like that's, that's the that's the one that I'm worried about. I feel like there was like I can't remember if it it was uh, an episode of like This American Life or something, mm-hmm. but there was I, I just remember listening to some podcast where they were talking to people who like guys who had become either like incels or like alt right guys. Mm-hmm. And they were being interviewed, and one guy told a story of how he was up for a promotion, and this black woman was also up for the same promotion or job. Like, they were both up for the same job. Mm-hmm. And she got it. And prior to that, he had considered himself 
a fairly progressive guy. Oh. And when he lost that job to that one woman of color, that was the thing that radicalized him where he was like, it's fucking bullshit. Like the world's not fair to me. And, right. And so in that way, I feel like, oh yeah, that's maybe under the surface for a, for a fair number of folks who feel, who maybe grew up feeling like the song, this land is your land, this <laughs> land is my land, was really just a song that white guys sang to one another and nobody else got to sing it. <laughs> No, yeah, it's so true. That song, Wyatt, never meant anything to me. <laughs> I was just naming states. <laughs> yeah. I was just naming states and desperately as an immigrant trying to figure out where on the map it was as I was singing it. <laughs> I feel like, what is it? It's just from California to the New York Islands. From yeah. the Redwood Forest to something waters. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't even remember the landmarks because I knew none of it belonged to me. And I was like, it's not my place for it to belong to. <laughs> it never, it never felt like my song. It never felt right. Yeah, I don't think it really felt like mine either. <laughs> also, not a big fan of the melody. Yeah. For me, I kind of, I need a beat. <laughs> for That's me, fair. I need, I need a beat and the melody needs to be something that I want to like, drive around listening to yeah granted a lot yeah. of anthems and stuff isn't meant for driving around to because they didn't have cars that went 65 miles per hour back then but you could you could probably you could be in a wagon and like want to you know lean back <laughs> put an arm out the window i uh, get the get the smell of horse shit in your hair right while you're like gallop that's probably why it always had the cadence of like a horse all these songs oh, yeah. all yeah. these songs very wagon very you know what what do they go five miles per hour right it's very like from the river forest yeah to the new so that like once in a while the horse guy could be like yeah right yeah to the raging yeah, waters yeah <laughs> Yeah, this land was made for well, not you or me. Right, 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 right. But that that's it that's was, it was made by you and me's, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but not for you's and me's. Right, that's your character in this scenario. Well, we're let's 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 repaint this picture, okay? So there's a wagon, right, going west, okay? I don't know when the song was written. This is probably not historically accurate. It was but, written in 1991. Great. Okay, good to know. But let's... Okay, yeah. so... <laughs> um, Boy, they could have really added a beat or two. Yeah. No, it was the guy who... Uh, the guy who created all those boy bands in the 90s, like yeah, Motown. Yeah. And yeah. it was that guy. Yeah. He wrote it. And you'd think, oh, you had... You you had a model, and this was clearly just your artistic passion project. Right. I forget his name, but right, he was like this middle-aged man who was the decider of like who, which boys were hot to put in a group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I, That's. I feel like that. Uh, that feels like a Ryan Murphy of like one of those Ryan Murphy miniseries. Yes. That I feel like he uh, 
he could really have a field day with that like because that guy went to jail i think was it for like pedophilia i i don't know what he went to do. you're like no tax evasion <laughs> I, don't know. I think it was it might have been a little of both oh interesting yeah yeah, yeah. i yeah. think he went to jail i don't i i assume i assume this will all get fact checked later uh that i wasn't uh supposed to be responsible for checking my own facts but um <laughs> no but yeah, I, I think that he did go to jail i think he's dead and i think he i think he may have gone to jail uh for yeah i think sexual sexual abuse and possibly tax evasion this is the crazy thing about like facetiming and zooming too like if especially if you're on your you can't fact check things because you're on your device. <laughs> you're like streaming on your device. So you just have to, we're talking like the old times, Wyatt, where we just have to go, we'll figure it out later when the library opens. Yeah. You know? If the library opens. That's true. If the library opens. Yeah. And all I know is you were so confident that song was written in 1991. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up and listening through your app. I would have loved. I would have loved to see the NSYNC version, you know, <laughs> from the Goldstream wa you know, Waters, you know, Bieber, yeah. not Bieber, Timberlake style. Yeah, they. I think they would kill it. Yeah, <laughs> they would kill it. They would literally. People would be like, they could have killed the song, and we would have never had to hear it again. Yeah, but you I know, would, yeah. Yeah. No, but you're you're right. Like that through line of like it just always happens to be a, a, you know, Joker, MAGA, you know. Anime <laughs> sometimes a little bit anime with anger incel, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it's that strange thing of the I feel like with Joker so much of what Joker was was this thing of this character doesn't feel seen and is being forgotten right. right in a world that's getting more diverse and more compassionate this character is kind of like oh i'm the one being ignored here and it's very much uh like a victimization because you're being asked to share or you're being asked to grow or right. you're being asked to be open-minded in some way. And it feels like with so much of that like rage, it's coming from those places of, yeah, you're being asked to 
you're actually being asked to pull the scales from your eyes and realize this land was never your land. It was, right. it was like, realize the same thing that so many of us already knew, which is that we are all, we all get to live here for as long as we can pay bills here, but we are under rules that we don't have as much uh, power in changing as as we would like as an individual. It's a collective sort of a thing. Right. If we want to change the rules or even abide by the rules. And, right. you know, when you see people going to the state capitol without masks and saying, like, I want to reopen my country, it's a, it feels like, oh, sure, because in your country, your country doesn't see the existence of other people who... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a disease, a virus is impacting their communities at a greater degree. It's not like, that's not your concern. You're kind of like, no, no, this is my country. I never took the time to see it as your country. Right. Which is crazy because, you know, trying to even like figure out where their headspace is at, Sure, they're not seeing like communities of color that are being affected. Okay, sure, they're not looking there. But at least you have a grandma. That's why I'm more like, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, God, all these people just maybe they don't hang out with their grandparents. Or you know what I mean? Like, at least because I'm, you know, trying to even meet them halfway with how they're seeing things, you know, where they're so upset that it's like, um, or even like thinking about their maybe it's like their kid who gets sick a lot or something you know but yeah but i wonder if some of that comes from there's an arrogance to believe that something is intrinsically yours like right. there's a, there's a there's a real arrogance to that and so i wonder if in that arrogance they think well it's not like my, it's not my family members who would be at risk for this. Like, it's not my grandmother, like, if that's how they see it. But then also, it may be a thing of like, are they just constantly rewriting narratives in a way that if a relative did get sick, at that point, are they like, well, my relative got sick and it's not my fault. It's the fault of (laughs) the, you know, (laughs) the governor should have done more. Like, and and it's like, well, you know, the governor tried or your local, you know, your local community leaders tried, you chose not to listen. No, no, it's not about me trying to listen. If it was that serious, they should have arrested me or they, you know, they should have put a mask over my face and I'd have understood. <laughs> but I, like, yeah, I don't, I, right. I just, I, I think whatever it is, I feel like there's maybe an arrogance that if you're willing to see something as intrinsically yours, you may also be willing to rewrite narratives to fit your Views. own perspective so that you're never at fault. Right, right, right. Yeah. I'm like, well, with that said, that was your fear, okay? And your love was a chocolate chip cookie. (laughs) Just a quick... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What a big switch in tone. Equally political. 
What a big switch in tone. Which is so simple, chocolate chip cookie. You can, you know, you can bake it. You can buy it. You can eat it as dough. But it's... I don't, I'm, I'm not big on the raw cookie dough. Yeah, I fell for it when I first came to the States and people were like, you can eat it in ice cream. I was like, really? They were like, yes. I was like, it's not bad for you? They're like, no. And I listened and I ate it a lot. And then it turns out it kind of is bad for you. Yeah, it can have like bacteria in it or something. Yeah, because it's just like raw eggs inside. Yeah. I was just doing the things you would do, you know, the things you do to try to fit in, Wyatt. Oh, man, just uh, this land for me, for you, blah, blah, blah. Oh, all kinds don't of sing songs. A song. You don't need to fit in. Oh, right, 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 right. And we killed it. Remember? Yeah, we killed it by assigning it to NSYNC for yeah. their 40 year reunion can you think can you think about is there something that stands out in your mind as one of the sort of strangest things you did to try to fit in uh as you tried to navigate uh moving here and by here i mean the internet yeah yeah, I think, uh, well, so uh, in the seventh grade, I actually highlighted my hair blonde. And because I was embarrassed, I, I, I was like, I don't want to look like this anymore. Oh, sorry. Well, I had a weird, <laughs> I'm surrounded by f monsters, so <laughs> I'm going to bump into things. It's my own fault. But, uh, you know. It was this weird case where when I came here, the, my first bullies were Asian Americans because I, you know, I was so fresh off the plane. I wanted to hang out with them on school campus, but they were like, mm -mm, no, 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 you're too fresh. You're too fresh. Because I was just like, Hello Kitty, Hello. I was just wearing Hello Kitty top, Hello Kitty bottom, you know, just just from Japan, just hi everybody, you know. With I had my my lunch that smelled of dumplings and stuff and you know i looked around the uh, the school quad you know and i saw the asian americans i was like maybe i'll try with here first i mean not, that's not crazy right to think that you yeah. look like me maybe you'll accept me they were like mm -mm, no we just stopped getting bullied you know they were like mm -mm, no we cannot be seen with you and so oh. So my first friends were Latinas. I tried out for the cheerleading squad and they all took me in and uh, like showed me a whole life I had never seen before, you know. Did you did you get uh, did you make the cheerleading squad? Oh, yes. Yes. Sorry. I forgot to. Yeah, I fucking crushed that audition. Got varsity cheerleading all. Yeah, just. Yeah. Yeah. My good friend Juanita, you know, we, we had a. Uh, uh, Jacqueline Delgado they were like it was my first time hanging out with like Latin ex people you know what I'm saying yeah. like I've never just from Japan you know and so these people um took me in they taught me like Spanish slang you know and uh yeah so those were my friends but then we were still kind of like looked down as like by the school we weren't we were kind of like yeah they kind of just shake their ass you know <laughs> They just shake their ass and, you know, you know what they do, you know, the football players, you know, stuff like that. And so I wanted to be I like I just wanted to be blonde. I was like, I want to be, 
you know, like the AP students, the people on the swim team. For some reason, the popular kids at our school were the swim team, like, you know, very, yeah, just like blonde, hairless, porcelain skin. <laughs> I was falling for that, that Aryan narrative. And, I, yeah. you know, because even when I found a community with my cheerleaders, it was still like we were, you know, we, we get bad grades, you know, we, you know, like, you know, we hang out with like the Inglewood crowd or whatever. And, you know, Crenshaw crowd. Because our school, they bust people in from all places. So you didn't have to live in the neighborhood to go, you know. And so I okay. like the cheerleading squad was like a taste of all kinds of cities coming together. So I. Oh, wow. Know, where where did you go to high school? I went to Venice High School and okay. just in L.A. Yeah. 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 So. It was cool. It was like it was you didn't have to hang out with people of the same socioeconomic status, you know, at a young age. I think it was kind of important for me to at least figure that out or, you know, hang out with different people. Right. And um, but the I just and I also don't know how to swim, Wyatt. So like a whole thing. I was just jealous of the swim team. So I highlighted my whole hair blonde hoping it wouldn't make me look as Asian. But what it did was actually make me even, <laughs> make me look even more Asian because it highlighted my face. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just kind of like, it ma it really showcases my face even more, like all sure. blonde. Yeah. And was, so. Did you have the same, did you have the same uh, hairstyle when you, dyed it blonde that you do now no i had a middle part i was trying to do the leading lady thing you know i was like every leading lady has a middle part this oh, is a leading yeah. lady right right sure. this is this is villain yeah <laughs> <laughs> when you got a straight bang it's a villain you know and uh so i was like oh i want to do the jennifer aniston you know that whole thing sure. anyway how about you <laughs> that was a long ass story i'm so sorry no no um, that was a great story that was that was did did the Asian American students at your school, uh, once you became a cheerleader, did they ever think like, oh, wow, she's actually cool? Or were you still like shunned by them? Yeah, it took till like, I'm finally hanging out with Asian American communities now. And, they're, you know, uh, but it, it took a while. It wasn't, they didn't care about cheerleading. <laughs> yeah, they all got into great schools and like, you know, and I started like doing poorly in school. So I didn't get, I didn't keep up, you know, cause there was like that whole model minority, you know, you, why aren't you like, you're like the only Asian in school who's not in AP classes. You're in <laughs> classes, you're in classes with like the Inglewood kids in the bungalows, you know, you're not even in the real classrooms. What's wrong with you? You just shake your ass on the football field. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so the, you know, it, they weren't like, oh, cool, you can do a cartwheel. You're welcome. Yeah. No. <laughs> no way. They're like, you still fail at classes. You make us look bad. Oh. But it's okay. It's, it's you know, it's because they were picked on too. It's not their sure. fault. It's because they were also picked on, you know, for being different. And so they didn't want to get picked on again. Right. I get it. It's not their fault. You know, it's the, it's the people who came in wagons and made us sing songs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how about you? What's the craziest thing you did to fit in? Um, I'm trying to think what the craziest thing I did to fit in when I was a kid was. I feel like 
I feel like I did. I feel like I probably did a fair number of things, but then also kind of, I, uh, at some point kind of like gave up. Uh, Cause I remember at a young age, like this must've been middle school. I went to, I went to like a parochial school for uh, like middle school. And I was one of like, a f like a very small handful of black students at the school. I think in my class, yeah. there was maybe like me and Ron Washington uh -huh. and he was really cool. And he was like the kid who's like all like we had to wear school uniforms, but he got his clothes like from the gap, like all of his, wow. all of his like Oxford shirts were like nicer than everybody else's. And his clothes were like really baggy and like, yeah. and then I had like the, I had to go to whatever there was like uh, there was a <laughs> store. There was a store in Dallas uh, called dads and lads. And it was this store that would sell boy scout uniforms okay. and all the different school parochial school uniforms. Right. And so it was just like, okay, here's like, the standard like Sansa belt slacks for <laughs> the for boys who go to this Episcopal school and my clothes never fit particularly well and right. uh, and so I feel like I was always trying to I was always trying to like in a similar way to you like oh hey Ron you and I we're the only two mm -hmm. black kids here like we should join forces <laughs> And I think in some on some level he was like, mm -mm, no, I finally got them to see me as like a cool guy. <laughs> and like, I got this outfit, I dance, I do all these things, and I was like, mm. and so right. I so yeah. So I don't think I like in that way it was like okay, I I didn't I didn't fit in there and with him. And then I remember, I just remember like access being one of those challenging things where in excess that band had come out and they had been like yeah. all the rage mm -hmm. in my school like all of the girls at school were like in excess is great like blah blah all like the guys thought they were a cool band and so I, anytime I wanted any like music or anything like that, I had to wait till like my birthday or Christmas. And right. I, that, that album must've come out in the summer or something like that. Uh, the summer before school started, cause everyone was talking about it yeah. like, at the start of school. I had to wait until Christmas when I could ask for this mm. album and I remember asking for it for Christmas, getting it, and then uh, going to like being in art class and saying to some uh, some girl who I thought was like cool and cute, like trying to like have a conversation, like, 
oh, I just got that in excess record. And she being like, yeah, that was like, that was September that that was cool. (laughs) And I think at that point I was kind of like, okay, I'm not gonna win at this game. And and that's not to say that I didn't, I I didn't do other things at times to like be cool or to be seen like as cool with kids. But I definitely feel like at, in school, that was the moment where I was like, okay, this is a different world. And like these white kids are never gonna accept me. So I'm not even gonna try and like, I'll make the friends I make and I'm, but I'm not gonna worry about like being in any particular clique or anything like that. Like I played sports, I read comic books, I drew, I like, you know, just like, okay, I can hang out with the kids who draw if they want to hang out with me and we'll hang out for a little bit. Like when right. I got to high school, I would always, I, in math class, I'd always ask to go to the bathroom at the start of class and I would leave and then go to the gym and play basketball mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. come back at the end of class really sweaty. And my <laughs> young teacher just assumed I was just taking a furious shit. Uh, but it, That's but it so was, crazy. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. But like finding moments for yourself like that, you know, and uh, I think it's funny that you're coming back all sweaty. There's similarities there. I see so many similarities, actually, like the the NXS story, actually, it was like literally like making my I was just so heartbroken hearing it. There's so many stories like that where you're like you finally you finally fit in because like you have to wait for a certain time to be able to buy it whether it's like your family can't afford it or like you only yeah. get a Christmas present or a birthday present. I totally freaking know it, man. For me, it was an Ugg boots. And I think those things are so ugly now. But for me, yeah. it was Ugg boots. It was Ugg boots. And I wanted them so bad. But of course, it was like we had to wait, 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 wait until we had the money. And then yeah. and then when I showed up in them, it literally, yeah, it was kind of like that. But I did. I wasn't like, hey, guys, Cause like you revealed something so vulnerable, you didn't have to tell them I just got the NXS album. You could have pretended you had it this whole time. For me, yeah. right? For shoes, you kind of have to physically show everyone, right? Right. I walked in wearing the UGG boots. Two years too late, you know. <laughs> and so this one girl, this one girl was like, "Oh, who wears UGG boots anymore?" Literally, so basic. Just uh, said the thing, you know. And everyone's yeah. like, whoa, yeah, wow, who got the discount or whatever? And I was like, fuck you, man. I don't even fucking, I don't even like these things. <laughs> and I can't wait till my hair grows back out so it, I have black hair again. <laughs> <laughs> Just like roots coming out, Ugg boots two years late. That's, yeah. Oh. And then like, yeah, but, and then for me, bath, I would take uh, actually bathroom breaks too during class, but I was, I was getting down and dirty, Wyatt. I was were... I was giving handies in the bathrooms. Oh, okay. That was like a junior year, another attempt to try to fit in. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I wanted people to, <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to make friends. I truly didn't. And so I was like, uh, and so I would pass notes to like football players in the class and tell them to meet me in the bathroom. I'm telling you a lot. I would tell them to meet me in the boys' bathroom in five minutes, and then I would take the girls' hall room pass, go to the boys' restroom, wait in the stall, and then uh, they would come and I would give handies. 
Oh, and wow. I would also come back sweaty like you did. <laughs> <laughs> and they would just think I was also taking a crazy fucking intense shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it does feel like... We're twins. <laughs> I, I mean, yes, number one. Uh, number two, though, it does feel like there's something... <clears throat> you kind of wish that, like schools did more to prepare kids for <laughs> like the embarrassment that is being a kid yeah because i think yeah like nobody knows how to make friends and <laughs> i think i think back to like yeah that school i i went there for a couple of years and then left and went to a different school for high school but i I feel like I hated most of my experience and all of my friends or the majority of my friends were kids I knew outside of school. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it just became this place where, yeah, I struggled. I, I remember I struggled so much to fit in, especially when I first got there. So that was either, that must've been seventh grade. And my closest friends, if you could call them friends, Mm -hmm. were like high school seniors who just oh. kind of like saw me as like a little sibling and so there was like a kid who he was like a high school junior or senior and he would take me sometimes to like after school he would like take me to go get ice cream or like like right. just drive me in like he had he had like a jeep cherokee and it would be like me and his friends and like we like a big thing that kids like to do was like uh hydroplane cars after it rained and yeah. so i like got to go do that and then he dropped me back off at school and it was like i was like this weird little charity case to the to these older kids who were just like i think you know just saw like a little brown kid and we're kind <laughs> of like oh yeah like let's let's hang out with this kid like he's he's quiet and doesn't seem to get in right. any trouble and he doesn't have money so yeah we'll buy him some ice cream that's amazing also okay old soul you know remember how much of a giant seniors looked i was just like god yeah. they're so old yeah i can't believe i'm gonna be a senior one day you know what i mean no i i think about that i I remember what was always a little disconcerting for me was I remember I would watch TV shows about high school kids and they looked so much like adults because yeah. they were adults. <laughs> they were 26, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And then I think that colored how I saw high school kids when I was a kid because then they looked like adults to me. Right. And then by the time I got to high school, I was like, I feel like I look the same. I, I don't look <laughs> like an adult. Like, that kid definitely looks like they could go and, like, get beer. <laughs> I don't look like that at all. I, right. I still look like the same seventh grader that was uh, the weird little assistant to the kid who could get beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you were, I mean, 
Wait, were you the same height as seventh grade? No. By the time I hit high school, I, I grew. I think I, I, I mean, I peaked at five nine and change, which is where I am today. Yeah. I might yeah. still get a growth spurt. I'm not ruling it out. Um, but I, but yeah, I don't remember when <laughs> I hit that point. That is though, in thinking of like other things. I so desperately wanted to be six feet that I would say I was 5'11". Oh, interesting. You said 5'9 really, and some change, too, so... Yeah. You, you added a few for there, too. Like, you made well, sure I knew. Well, you know what it is? Is sometimes I've been measured and I'll get measured at 5'10". Oh, uh -huh. And I think, I think I'm technically 5'10", but I don't believe it. And uh -huh. so, yeah, I'm maybe selling myself short because I'm, I'm, uh, I yeah, pun intended. Um, <laughs> I was gonna let you do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, yeah. So I think I'm, I think I'm probably, if I were to get a tape measure and measure myself, yeah, I think I'm actually five ten. But I, it you took me, it took me enough time to like after trying to say like I was 5'11 and get close to six feet, whatever mm -hmm. level of acceptance I got to of like, you're not, was like, you're 5'9. Mm -hmm. And so I then just kind of accepted that reality. But the truth right. is, I'm probably closer to 5'10, if not 5'10. In between, exactly. in between, got it, yeah. And yeah. You, you just, I, you know, I was laughing because you just so subtly dropped that you you might still hit a growth spurt. And I was like, of course, I, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna stop you from having another growth spurt. Thank you. Yeah, like that's your that's your thing to dream, you know. Um, yeah. Wyatt, we actually have a couple of questions from uh, listeners before before we log off. Could I ask you a couple? Sure. Okay. Are they questions for me or just general questions? These are questions for you. I okay. put that I put that you were going to be a guest and they were like, oh, we got some questions. Uh, this one is from Tony Jean. Uh, Tony says, Wyatt, where's the weirdest place you have been recognized? Um, I don't know. I feel like that's a trap question as though Tony Jean recognized me in a <laughs> weird place and is hoping that's the answer I'm going to give. Um, right, right, right. Yeah, it is a it's a trick question. Do you remember a Tony? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to think where the weirdest place I've been recognized is. Um, I don't. Off the top of my head, I don't know. I I I feel like on the one hand, I don't get recognized so much that it's like a everyday occurrence um i have a yeah. i have a spin-off question to that okay. have you ever have you ever been misrecognized as someone else um yes i have okay uh, i was at a restaurant in harlem and I was having dinner and this uh, this 
person came up to me, this woman came up to me and she recognized me as a musician named mm. Protégé. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and she was like, hey, what's up? I, I sang background for you at such and such show. Oh, and she had like, worked with him. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, okay. And she and she was insistent that I was protege. And it took me a minute to convince her otherwise. But she was like, no, we did a show together. And I was like, no, we did not. <laughs> and and protege, it's funny because I told somebody, uh, I told the the person who cuts my hair, yeah. um, she also, uh, she cuts Questlove's hair. And so oh, interesting. she was like, she did hair for the roots for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, Protégé had, perf I think, performed on The Tonight Show. Mm -hmm. And she like sent me photos because I told her the story. And right. she texted me photos and she was like, your twin is here. <laughs> I've never, I've never met him, but uh, yeah. So I've been misrecognized. I right. also had, a, I also had a thing once where somebody stopped me and I was in the city and I had to cut through Times Square to get mm -hmm. someplace. And so I kind of tried to just hustle through because I was just like, oh, it's just crowded. Like, I wasn't even thinking that somebody would recognize me. I was just like, oh, it's just crowded. I don't want to be in this crowded space. Right. And <clears throat> this, uh, this person stopped me and they were like, oh, excuse me, could you take a photo? Uh -huh. And I was like, oh, sure, okay, yeah. I, quickly, you know, it's just kind of crazy. Yeah. It, it, and so then she hands me the camera and I had been walking behind another person who was trying to go through Times Square. Oh. And they turned that person around. The person <laughs> been kind of using as a blocker. And they turned that person around and it was Tracy Morgan. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> So they just stopped me to take a photo of them with Tracy. <laughs> and it was this very strange thing. And I know Tracy a little bit. And so you should have just selfied to make it a group photo. <laughs> I've, I've learned the hard way hanging out. I, I've, I've definitely hung out with people who are much more recognizable than me. And I've learned the hard way that people recognize the person they recognize. Mm -hmm. They do not care about bonus people. <laughs> not at the end of the day. They are. They are like, nope. I wanted this guy. Right. And then sometimes it'll happen where they'll like, like I've a couple times I've like gotten dinner. Like John Oliver and I have gotten dinner, and mm -hmm. we'll be walking after the meal and someone will stop him and be like oh my god i'm such a I'm, I'm such a big fan and they'll kind of gush at him for a, a moment mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. as they're leaving mm -hmm. they'll kind of be like oh wait yeah you you're funny too <laughs> it's like yeah i kind of wish you hadn't said anything <laughs> like the, 
the fact that it kind of kicked in for you after the fact is like, eh, I didn't need it. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. Where it's like, hey, uh, no, I, I acknowledge you. I see you too. High five. Bye. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of, it's no, kind of. <laughs> it's a strange, it's a strange thing. It's, yeah, I feel like I've had those moments. Uh, yeah, I've had more like those sort of weird moments of, uh, that I think of as far as like getting recognized more so than uh, a weird place that I've been recognized. Right, yeah. right, so right. I'm sorry, Tony Jean. I didn't have, uh, <laughs> if we had met in, in a weird place and I've forgotten it, I am, I am truly sorry. I should have, I should have asked. I was like, oh, maybe there is a, cause sometimes they're like, do, do they remember me? You know? And I wonder if it is one of those situations. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And why you just need to stop going out with John Oliver. Just take out people with less followers than you. I mean, that's a lot. That's I don't have many social media followers. I <laughs> I did not do social media particularly well uh, and continue to not do it well. It's uh, so, yeah, I think there most people have more followers <laughs> no. than me. wait you're doing the happy hour on your socials though right now happy yeah. hour happy hour record club record club is it every tuesday i've been doing it it started every tuesday and then uh it's now expanded to tuesday and thursday and tuesday it's thursday every... what's that no i was just reiterating tuesday thursday Tuesday, Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern. And yeah, we'll just uh, listen to a record and draw a little bit and drink. And it's just an hour to kind of like hang out. And for me, it's just a nice excuse to like listen to a record and, yeah. and make myself draw for an hour. No, it's so chill. I, I've checked them out and I was like, I always have admired how you can fearlessly sit in silence and truly just like your essence is just you're so interesting to watch and even just hang out with even and then like you're you're live streaming or you're on but then it's just like you'll be doodling and music's playing and then you'll like take a while to even like say something or even you know you don't feel the need to constantly be interacting and i i think like I admire that so much because it's a it's a fear of mine, you know, too much silence. Oh, that's I I thank you. I I honestly I kind of have to give credit to there's a comedian, an improviser in Los Angeles mm -hmm. named Bob Dassey mm -hmm. and he and another very talented uh comedian improviser Scott Adsit used to do two-person shows together and i guess bob would do two-person shows with a bunch of uh a bunch of really great uh improvisers he did one for a long time with his uh with his partner stephanie weir and the show was called oh, weird yes. ass right and, right right and uh i remember him i remember him saying uh in improv to not be afraid of silence and that one of the things that he talked about with the shows that 
he would do with uh, Stephanie or with Scott Adsit or any of these other folks was that they would just have moments of silence on stage and that, yeah, to not fear it because there is like, you'll figure out the thing to say and ultimately silence can be just as interesting as a loud moment can be. No, totally. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for that wonderful wisdom. I kind of want to play a one minute game with Wyatt. Could I do that? Okay, sorry, really quick. With Could I play a game with you? Sure. Speaking of silence, my, a fear of mine, but it's, you know, tied to whatever, abandonment issues, you know, people left me, whatever. Dad, he's not here. <laughs> Anyhow, right? That's where it comes from for me. But I want to do, I want to play a game where for a minute maybe you show me first and then I'll and then I get to do it because I want to practice it too so a minute each person um, taking turns sitting in silence as the other person talks then at the end you say one word as a response <laughs> I because I, I've, I've never done that I've seen people do it I've seen you do it but I wonder if I can do it and so can we do it? <laughs> sure. Okay, let's start with you sitting in silence. I'm going to talk for a minute. And then at the end, you respond with one word. Okay. Okay. I'm I mean, gonna... I've kind of now done it twice. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You're already proving yourself to... I mean, you're already good at this. But um, how about under pressure, you know, with a timer? Here we go. Okay. Really quick. Timer, timer, timer. And stopwatch, and we're going a minute now. Okay, so, you know, so the pandemic's been hard. Uh, but, uh, you know, my husband and I actually started getting into um, uh, VR, you know. Uh, but we can't afford a whole headset, so we just got this VR Google Glass. It's made out of cardboard for $15. Okay, $15. We just put it on our phone, and it's really kind of made it so that we don't have to be like alone you know you can we've been hanging out with uh other people just you know through these free vr websites that we found you know where it's pre-programmed you can be at a party or something and be like hey what's going on obviously they're not talking back to you because it's pre-recorded but at least the faux reality you know kind of has um been nice uh so for 15 bucks wyatt i mean if you have an android you know you should get one too and that's a minute. Thanks. <laughs> Why did that hurt? That <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> Ryan's dying over there in the corner. Well, I think the challenge that hurt. <laughs> what? I feel like the challenge is that it's just one word. If I. As you told that story, the thing that came to mind was that, yeah. one, you said, if you have an Android, and I don't have an Android phone. So that's true. That, uh, so that's where part of it, I, it was lost on me. That's but true. But as you, as you were talking about it, I think part of me had questions. And so, so yeah, to encapsulate it to one word is... is it's a challenge. Yeah. It was a challenge. And so 
in a way, how can you not seem passive aggressive with just a one word answer? Right. Is this, or is this an intervention for me? <laughs> no, not at all. Maybe it was an, it was strangely an intervention for me because, you know, it is like, shut up, bitch, let him talk. <laughs> but, you know, it is, it is the challenge. It is the challenge where I, uh, you know, but it's like the ultimate small talk, I guess. It is a challenge of small talk, too, because <laughs> it's a lot to have to talk a minute straight. You know, so let's see how you do, Wyatt. You're gonna talk, and I'm gonna attempt to answer with one word. Okay. All right. And will you signal? Will you signal me because my I don't have a timer. So yes, you... I I have the timer, and it'll go off at one minute. Okay. Okay. Will you like count me down and just go like five, four, at the yes. as we're getting to the end of the minute? We'll do that. Ready? And go. You were talking about doing VR and during this time, I feel like the things that I've been trying to do are uh, meditation. I've never been a huge meditation person, but I got one of those meditation apps on my phone and uh, during the week, every day, uh, my girlfriend and I will meditate together, and so we'll do it for like 15 minutes. But more often than not, I get very sleepy, mm. um, and it's not—I, I, it's hard to pay attention during the meditation. Um, mm -hmm. There are things where you're supposed to sort of visualize uh, light expanding and doing those things and i often just get sleepy chill what do you think that Thanks. was my one word that was my one word that was a good one yeah you, you meditation you get sleepy and i'm and you know chill was like my way of like trying to like get on board i was listening and like you know i support that you've been trying this meditation app and uh and sure you get sleepy but it's like you weren't saying it's bad or good so i it was yeah. me being like chill the other word that came to mind that i you know i, I decided against it is because you know it's uh it was namaste <laughs> Well, but you know what was nice? You only said one word, but you also said a lot with your body language because you took a moment before you responded and you kind of <laughs> nodded. And that in itself was you were speaking volumes with, with your body language. Thank you, Wyatt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am kind of like a body language person. I wanted you to feel heard. Thank you, know? you I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I felt heard too, actually, when I was talking. Good. Uh, even, though, even though you were like, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I don't need this VR glass thing. Or maybe this conversation at all. I don't no, know. No, I've enjoyed That's this conversation. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I'm so glad you joined me today. We have come to actually the end of the recording. Um, Wyatt, is there 
anything you want people to look out for, you know, you have the Happy Hour Record Club on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 3 p.m. Pacific Time um, for you L.A. people. Um, or <laughs> there's other people that live in <laughs> Pacific Time. I'm an Angelino. I only think about us. Okay. All right. Are there other things that you want people to look out for, or check out, or revisit? Um, there's nothing that I'm currently doing other than... Uh, the Instagram live thing, but I have things if people want to go back and I made a web series a couple of years ago that uh, was fun and got nominated for an Emmy and a Webby and lost both. And that's on this, uh, <laughs> it's called AKA Wyatt Snack and people can go watch that. Um, I also have my uh, HBO show problem areas that people could revisit yeah. it got canceled. So that also is a thing that doesn't exist anymore, uh, except in archive form. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Those are probably, those are the two most recent things. And then obviously I have like stand up oh. specials and records that people could probably find on Spotify or Netflix or maybe Comedy Central has my first one somewhere. Uh, it's not clear if they do or not. <laughs> what? It's not clear. It's not clear if they do or not, but it is clear that uh, they're giving out your social security number. Um, that's what I'll say. You know, it is It is clear. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, shit. That was not part of this. I'll make sure to cut that out. <laughs> We talked about that before the recording. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. It's all good. Damn it. I forgot. Okay. Anyway, no. And I and this is all great because right now we are kind of like at, on a hold. And so I want people to revisit things. I want people to look back at things. And I think it's a great time to do that. And I'm such a big fan of yours, Wyatt. And I'm so stoked you joined me tonight or today. What day is it? I don't know. There's no windows in here, so I think it's nighttime, but I'm pretty sure it's um, broad daylight still. I mean, I feel like where I am, the sky has definitely darkened because I was doing all this with natural light. And like <laughs> if anyone is watching this over time, you can see like, yeah. the you... image has changed. I'm, I can see in your monitor. Like, right. Oh, wow. You... It, was, it was a much brighter space. I, I need to yeah. invest in a ring light. <laughs> no, you're still pretty well lit because on our side, we have ring lights on the screen for you too. It's crazy. But anyhow, thank you so much, Wyatt. And that was Let's Go, Let's Go at home. Bye, everyone.